to the streets. Right, welcome to another episode of From the Kitchen Table. To the streets. <laughs> Sagajui. Mm. Lead me through the sweet west, woman. <laughs> or wherever. And here at the Kitchen Table to the Streets podcast, we like to promote whatever indigenous peoples all of like. Or do, or say, or what. I don't know where this is going. I After any it. amount of time, everyone is indigenous to a specific area, given a long enough timeline. Unless you've violently usurped that land from another person. <laughs> Otherwise, you're, you're always an invading oppressor. I, I think. I could be wrong. But I'm not. <laughs> so... Weekly update corner. We, uh, we have a Facebook page. If you haven't gone to it yet, all three people that listen to this show. You can't taste it yet, but soon. But soon. We're working on it. Yep. Facebook.com. Put your face close to the monitor. From the K to the S. Facebook.com. K to the S. That could be anything, but it's not anything. It's from the kitchen table to the streets. And listen to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash to the streets. Which is awesome. And For last you. week. We had, it was all kitchen table, no streets. That's true. Hence the uh, the label for the for the last, for the last show. I don't remember. You didn't. You, know, you don't listen to the episode. Do you? I don't listen to yeah. the podcast. I have to. Yes. So. <laughs> you got one job. You don't listen to our podcast. What's your new name, Lenny? You got one job, Lenny. <laughs> that's what you have to do. You listen to the podcast. That's you it. twist knob, push buttons. That's There's no knobs to twist. It's 2018. That's right. It's it's on it's on a pewter. Yes. Pewter. Oh, and your mommy get you a pewter for Christmas? Really reaching back with the <laughs> Lord Nikon hackers reference. Right. For those of you who are cinephiles, not to be confused with the other more popular files. <laughs> or you like files in general. Well, files with a PH. <laughs> yeah, with a PH. <laughs> that reminds me of something else. I'm gonna I know it does. it around respectfully. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you... Hello. <laughs> Skag Baron. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> All right. Well. Once upon a time, me and my buddy were looking for some marijuana. And it just so happened we knew exactly where to go. Well, my buddy did. I knew people I could ask, but he knew where to go to like to street score. And I did too, but I never that was like my last option. Yeah. That was like the all your buddies are tapped out. Yeah, when you, when you, you when you treat it like a job when you get up at seven in the morning and like your whole day, that's what you're doing. Is looking I don't think I ever looked for weed that hard. I did, but it was when I was away from the group of friends and I was doing my own I stuff gotcha. when I was kind of because I was pretty secretive about some of my stuff because I took it I don't know I took it really seriously I mean really hard I went really hard really fast for a minute but anyhow long story even longer I uh, we hopped in his in his car and we rode down and sure enough man had we not gotten there in just a minute um 
we pulled up to a stop sign. There's a guy like kind of off, like in a yard, but but by the stop sign. And we pulled up and stopped, and he walked up. And he walked up uh, to the passenger side, which I was riding in. And there was electric windows. And I rolled the window down about halfway. And uh, we there was no code. I don't know if yeah. people still do that. Or like, are you hold this and that, some kind of secret code? We was like, hey, you got any weed? You know, pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, how much you want? I was like, we want 80 bucks. I don't know what it's called now. There's, 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 a, there's no a word idea. for it. But we want 80 bucks worth, which is like, that was like a QP of some, like some decent Just, crap. Yeah, some good old-fashioned Louisiana ditch weed. <laughs> pretty much. But it, well, yeah, pretty much. But anyhow, uh, this is where, this is his first mistake. The dealer's first mistake <clears throat> was to reach in. Because I had the money, I had it in my hand, in my left hand, I sit it in my lap. And my pants at the time were low and big, so I had like that table, uh-huh. you know, of pants. And it was sitting there, and he reached in <clears throat> with the understanding that he was going to... And drop his bag. And drop his bag money. and grab the money off my lap and walk back into the... It was daytime. I was going to say like the, the cylindrical, purposeful night. or It was sultry. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> uh, that's not what happened. At all. And what a good friend, my buddy, that was driving uh, was, is the moment I hit the electric window, he hit the gas pedal. (laughs) The moment. I mean, there wasn't even, like, enough time for thought to reach my brain to understand what was happening. It went from, like, we're buying weed, we're robbing this guy. (laughs) Just like that. Well, the thing was, he had a roll in his hand. He was holding. He was going to drop. He had money in his hand. So not only did he drop the bag, but he dropped his money, too. So he dropped the money. And I, when I got him, I got him on the like the right below the shoulder. Oh, right there at the he, cuff. He reached in. He's standing. You got to think. He's standing on the curb, and we're in a Civic. So he reached down. And when I called him, I want to say we drug him. But what ultimately happened is it was like, zzz, but it happened so fast. <laughs> so it drug him off his feet and fell off, and he, he fell down. And we rolled and hit that. There was that corner. Back on airway. Airway. Greenville Springs, Greenville Springs, Jor, Jor. Well, I mean, we yeah, just home. Just gonna, get no, us we, out we didn't even count it. I didn't even move it off my lap until we got there because we were looking out the side mirrors because yeah. it's a red car. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, anyway, the guy on the corner recovering didn't recover fast enough to give chase. So, that was my. Uh, Robin, one of my Robin drug dealer stories. That's insane. And the funny thing is, the first time I ever robbed a drug dealer, it was an accident. <laughs> I really didn't mean to. I didn't think, like, I'm going to take this dude's stuff. Never happened. What happened was I thought I was getting robbed. Because he reached in on me. So my natural reaction was to roll the window up on him. That's amazing. So That's hilarious. We got away with a QP. Of Red Bud. Um, you know, a handful of ones. I and can't fives. remember how much it was, actually. It was like, we ended up with like, I don't know, 115 bucks. But it was all ones and fives and stuff like yeah. that. And we split it. I was like, good lord. And that was when it started. It's like, that was easy. In my head, not outward. Like, we didn't, you know, start a group of robbery guys or whatever. <laughs> a group of robbery we didn't get a crew. We didn't get a crew together. We need a crew together and pull a job like heat. <laughs> no, but we should have. 
But uh, that was not the last time I did that, but that was the first time. Jesus. So that's my street story. <laughs> okay. All right. So we've had our street. <coughs> um, we've it, had our, our street. It was, the, it was a good, it was a, it was a interesting day. That's amazing. That's hilarious. I've never what? done anything so bold. That guy's probably still out there somewhere. <laughs> Wondering where his 115 bucks went. No, I don't think he ever, uh, I don't know. I think he's over it at this point. I should hope so. Me too. God, that's a hell of a fucking vindictive. That's a hell of a fucking vendetta. <laughs> to this day, he's sitting at his boy. At, 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 he's sitting at his boy's house, being like, you know, I still wonder what my one fifteen at. And those white kids took me for all I had. <laughs> Every penny. And I did feel bad. Like later, you think about like maybe he fronted that from a, like an actual drug dealer, and he had to pay that back, and he lost that money and that weed, and he got maybe get, maybe he's dead now because of me. That's frightening. Not really. No. But I don't care. It was a long time ago. Water under the proverbial weed bridge. <laughs> Smoke bridge? Water under the dam over Connelly the bridge. Boulevard. On the levee. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was not the first time. Now, or the scariest. But I mean, that was not the last time, or the scariest, but that was the first time. The last time was cocaine. Oh, and it was a brilliantly thought up caper. It's the only way I can think caper, of it. Caper? Same a guy? Fucking caper. It was the same guy. Good God, man. He's dead now. Yeah. But we went over to this guy's house, um, trailer, and they smoked outside. Well, if you were their friends, you smoked inside. But if you were a stranger, there was like rules. The you guy take that outside. The guy run, ran his trailer home with like an iron fist. He was a douche. Anyway, and they always, that's like what they did, I guess. I think that's, that's all they did was cut up stuff on the coffee table. And I mean, with triple beams and bolt, they wait, like they had like a thing going on. They had a, the full blown operation. Yep. And uh, he would send his girlfriend and their friends or whoever was there, like, off to the store, like, every, I don't know, 30 minutes for whatever. <laughs> Drinks and drops. beers and, yeah, whatever. But they were always leaving and coming back. And he, he had been a douche enough that at first he was scary because there was guns in the house till he wasn't scared anymore. Like, if I can get you before I can get the gun, you don't have a prayer. I will duct tape you to this recliner. You're <laughs> there. And I'll just hang out in your house and eat some sandwiches and but I was a different person at this time. This is years later. Well, not that many years, but a couple years, where I had gone bold on sauce and sick with powder and 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 paranoid with needles and 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 all the things that you become as you kind of decide to go down that road. Down that yeah. road. Well, anyway, uh, my buddy decides he's going to go talk to him, but he doesn't want anybody in the house when he's by himself. He's got a crew. He's like this dude yeah. and this other dude and this girl and her girlfriend. But there's a, there's a whole little clique of them. So what he does is he pulls up. He drops me off around the corner. This is in Walker, Louisiana. <laughs> drops me off around the corner. And I'm going to cut across the ditch to the back door. And he's going to go knock on the front. Um, this is all under the pretense this guy's going to step out and smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Or talk to him or whatever. Went off without a hitch. Went off without a hitch. He goes outside. My buddy says, hey, man, I just got a new uh, amp in my car. Do you want to come hear it? And I knew that was my, my key or whatever. So they go outside or whatever. I'm listening. Both of the doors have those diamond 
windows mm-hmm. on them. Anyway, I'm looking. It's not covered. I'm just looking through there. He goes outside. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to open the door and just go in. Because of my addled mind, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going in there for. I'm going in there for drugs. That's what I'm going in for. Free, free drugs. Well, I mean, it was like when y'all planned this mastermind out. We have been up for like, two days. Yeah. We have okay. been up for two days. So y'all are already And this guy's just, a douche. And he, we don't, we're out of money, but he's got a bunch of our money. And he shorts the bags and just a bunch of other stuff. Well, when I go in... There is a, uh, I don't know who does this, but when I open the back door, when he shuts the front door, I open the back door like, go time. I'm in my head. So mm. I'm like, yeah, but with the, like the sweet drumline version, <laughs> you know, like it's really sick. It's not like with the calliope or whatever, <laughs> the vibraphone or whatever they play that damn movement on. But anyhow, I open the door. This some bitch has installed a screen door on the inside and it's got one of those little hook and eyelet holes uh, on it. gotcha. So I open the door. I'm like, going in and it's stopped. Like, I'm dead balled by a screen door. No, I don't hit it, but I'm like, hmm. you pull your face back from almost hitting something. All right. I hear the ding, you know, from out in the front. Without, without stopping, I literally, I put my hand through the screen door, undo the lock, go in. And when I go in, not only is there a stack of money on the table, but there's pills in bags, and there's powder in bags, and there's all sorts of stuff. I take all of it, every fucking bit of it. In my pockets, cargo pockets, pills and money and everything that was on the table that was too big to carry out easily. And I do it so fast. I'm like, take, 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 take. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm so high from the adrenaline of doing this that... I can smell better. I can hear better. I can yeah. see better. I'm just so hyped. And I grab everything and I turn around. I'm going out the back door. And I go into the back door. I see her car pulling down the road. It's a gravel road. So I stop. And I know the door's open. So I know they can see. It's dark. There's light. There's just a square of yeah. light in the darkness. A pillar of light. It's easy to see. Well, they pull up. And I wait. And then I go out and I shut the screen door. I don't know why. I reach back in the hole and lock it back. There's obviously a hole. <laughs> I don't know why. Shut the door and I go out. And when I go out, instead of going down the rack path, back over, back on the gravel road, I go a little bit off and I just get in the mud, man. Just like it's a muddy backyard. And I kind of slog through this ditch and I'm wet from like just below my knee down. And I get up on the gravel road. I know my cousin lives back the other way and I don't know what to do. So I just decide to walk down this gravel road and I start walking down the gravel road. And as I get away from the house, it's dark. Pockets full of contraband. (laughs) Money, cocaine, pills, weed, several different types of pills. Um, Anyway, I keep walking, and I I had forgotten about my buddy. (laughs) I just made a quick escape. (laughs) That was my part of the caper. Yeah. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. Get in, get the stuff, get out. (laughs) So that's what I did. And I'm walking. I'm walking down this road for a minute, but I'm terrified that they're now holding him because I'm my addled brain. Yeah, they're In holding the back him. Of your mind. They've found out. <laughs> they got. They've him. got him captured. Yeah, yeah. And now any car that comes by is them. 
He's giving me up. He's like, here, he came in. He's probably walking down the road. And I was just like, I should have went to my cousin's house. I should have went to my cousin's But I can't go to my cousin's house with pockets full of contraband, wet no. from the knee down. When I live 30 minutes away yeah. at 1030 on a school night, you know, like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a school night. I was yeah, a little no, older. No. But anyway, <clears throat> the, point, the point being, I'm walking, I'm walking. So, And on the left and right side of the road, the left is a, a patch of woods and the interstate. On the right is a mud hole and the trailer park or you know just walker so every time i see lights because you can see them out there a long way off i get into the woods to the left of the road and wait until cars pass yeah but i'm in the woods i'm ducked down they can't see me they're going past and i'm looking for her car or that other dude's car never comes never comes Anyway, like an hour and a half later, I've been walking down, hiding in the woods, down this road, going towards Florida Boulevard and Walker. Once you're out there, yeah, it's, it's light. It's, you're out there. Anyway, he pulls up, and he's, he's creeping. I'm like, Ugh! and he pulls up, and he was, like, he was like, dude, I see him, and I look left, right, and uh, I just kind of bust out, like, ta-da, in your headlights, and he's like, <laughs> I'm not in front of his car. Yeah, no, no. But he, he sees me just kind of jump out. And he breaks, gets out, tells me the story. Obviously, someone had broke in. It wasn't him. They didn't know who it was, blah, blah, blah. He sat there and tried to help him figure it out, made some calls, this and that. I got in the car, got away scot-free. Oh, my God, dude. Got back to the house and divvied up our treasures. Dude. Skag Baron. That wasn't the only one, but that was the last time. <laughs> and I'm done. That was my two street stories. Jesus. I have, I have none to offer. It was fine. I know, I know your, some of your stuff. <laughs> it's cool. We don't have to put it on the mic, but I just wanted to, since we went kitchen table last time, I wanted to tell some. <laughs> I appreciate that. I want to tell some hood rat stories with my friends. <laughs> some hood rat stories with my friends. <laughs> Out here in the in the in the in in, 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 in the mean mean streets. I know, right? Oh, sorry. I just yeah, it just it just run run away. I fell into the nexus. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that was my two uh, my two little hood rat stories. Um, but not just doing stuff like that. Just vicious. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't even tell you why. I can't even tell you what was the inspiration for said action. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can, but I mean, like, the point was, yeah, I think we know what the... But I mean, like, just sitting there, you know, like, and coming up with a plan and thinking it out and talking. We didn't draw blueprints and schematics, but, you know, like, thinking it out, like, and it going off without a hitch. Let's just go do this. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it, we did. And then that, that backfired on me. Being that kind of a dude backfired on me because when old boy would go do something, I'd get blamed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Never. They didn't have a job for a couple of years. (laughs) Always had money and weed and other stuff. Always. We just did our little things, but got permanent stains for it. Yeah. Worth it now. Then it wasn't. It it messed up my life. But now it's like. Okay. Now you got a really good story to tell on a podcast. Of, i got a bunch of really good stories <laughs> to tell. Some of that stuff involves people that might hear this. Didn't bother me last few podcasts when I was like, yeah, I'll take a shot at her. Or whatever I said, <laughs> or whatever I said that was horrible. But uh, no, that stuff, there's a lot of those, those stories through all our interconnective little group. Yeah, it's crazy. As I, as I phantomed through the, through the click there, as I became more and more of a wraith. Yeah. 
You mentioned something last podcast or the podcast before about us uh, talking about something that we hadn't really talked about yet. Yeah. Uh, we've hinted at it, but I figured we'd go ahead and, and talk about it. Um, 88 hours. Oh, yeah. I want to dig inside your brain about the writing of a movie. All right. That we still have yet to make. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That is like but, the I mean, obligatory story of our lives. It's Come something. Up with fantastic but, ideas and then sort them rot on the side of the road like so many discarded pumpkins. Yeah. Well, the reason I, the reason I bring I it up is the reason I bring it up is because we talk about it a lot. We talk about doing movies and shows and and comics and creating, and we're always creating. Yeah. But rarely do we act on something like that. Yeah, like, we have the idea, let's write a movie. Yeah, we should do that. And then you know, we, all we do is talk about it. Uh, this time, you actually wrote the movie. Let's take a break, and I'll talk about it. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This break is brought to you by Keister. Keister. Oh, and that means we are back. <laughs> Boy, are we ever. Back for the first time. Those Don Johnson fans drive me crazy. Those clothes he wore. <laughs> wear a t-shirt and a sweet, sweet blazer jacket and some some linen pants and some slip-ons with no socks and get on one of those super dangerous stand-up jet skis and go solve crimes. I'm a black friend. <laughs> That was that, that was the premise of the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's uh, you, 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 yeah. You hit the nail on the head with that one. Good. <laughs> Having said that, that's the pitch for my new movie. It's like Miami Vice. No black people. <laughs> oh God! It's Cubans. It's Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. I'm picking up what you laid now. <laughs> but they're dirty cops and they love plantains. <laughs> what man? I got the premise. Who doesn't love plantain? I got the tools. Got the talent. All right. <laughs> uh, We're going to talk about, coming back from the break, talking about 88 hours. 88 hours. Uh, 88 hours was a think piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a think piece. It's a think piece about a, a young band coming up and the <laughs> harsh face of stardom. Yeah, uh, dealing with the... No, it was uh, a <clears throat> the the basic premise of the story. It was about a guy, like most stories are, I guess, about a person that was um that has uh, some mental issues, um, uh, PTSD, anxiety, um, hallucinatory problems, suicidal thoughts, all that stuff. But he's got a basically a functional life, and everybody around him, you know, either thinks he's a jerk or a nice guy, just like anybody else, just a regular guy. Now the the twist of the story is is that uh, the things the things he sees the creatures and ideas and things he comes across are, are real as long as he and he knows this he's learned this through living with it um, <clears throat> that if he doesn't give, him, give them these creatures that he keeps seeing or these situations any credence if he doesn't give them any attention that they can't touch him they can't they can't affect him other than mentally but the moment that he does give them purchase or credence that they can now uh, affect him in a very real and physical way. So um, I, 
I, I named a main guy. I wrote the guy. <clears throat> I wrote the main character uh, based on my personality and some personalities uh, for some for some buddies of mine with conversations we've had and kind of made an amalgamation. This one guy named after the street that I live on <clears throat> and uh, with a guy to play it in mind. Um, Who did you have in mind to play? Duddy. Duddy. Because he's skinny. You know, I mean, he's kind of spindly, but he's kind of muscly. Um, he's got that kind of that modern guy look, you know, short hair, the the earrings, the tattoos. He kind of looks like a modern guy, but he's also, if you ever seen him kind of daydreaming, kind of he looks mm-hmm. off. He can have a really grim countenance, which is what I wanted. Was just a, which basically there's few spoken lines in it because basically I wrote the movie, which has I need liner notes and some editing, but I basically wrote it for three main characters. Yeah, there might be twenty people in the movie. But there's three people talking in that movie. Yeah. All the other characters that aren't on site are all going to play <clears throat> background characters, i.e. hallucinations, vocal acting. There's going to be always some kind of whisper sounds, always some kind of threat in every scene. That was the point. The point was not to make a horror film. The point was to make a short film that throughout its entirety was unnerving. Yeah. Um, and it goes from bad to worse, like most things do. There's no hero and no lessons learned. Also, yeah, so it wasn't so much about wasn't so much about gore and and boo scary. There's was, no gore, and there's there's no boo scary. Everything. Well, there's some boo scary, I guess, but it's mostly but like you want it. You want. I'm using it as an art piece to shine a light on a real. <laughs> clear and present danger <laughs> of uh, of survivable mental illness. Um, people like me, I always thought it was just the way I was, and then I realized as I've got older and went to the doctor and stuff that I have there's there's things that are matter with me chemically um, <clears throat> that I exacerbate on a daily basis. Um, and as I struggled with it, I thought I was going crazy, and then I talked to some buddies of mine and people that had the same problems. And uh, realize that, you know, lost time and sleep paralysis and all those things aren't just stuff you can shrug off and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just shake off and get over. Which I tried to do my whole life and get over it and realizing that it just doesn't work that way. Um, I'm one of those people that needs medication. Um, And then as I weed myself off of it and quit cold turkey, had horrible adverse effects. Like? Um, Self-loathing. Masquerading as self-confidence, um, suicidal thoughts, hallucinations, um, audio hallucinations, um, being and as someone who's read the script for this movie, I've seen all of that take place in the script. So you literally took all of that, all of that stuff from my my inner workings, and then also guilt for past things you can't you can't change. Um, also from a buddy who ex- who um, explained to me like uh, on a fishing trip. Mm-hmm. Well, not really on a fishing trip, but it was an unspoken thing on a fishing trip. But we've talked to other things about other stuff um, about what he kind of not in any detail per se, but just kind of the impressions. And then think like I'm an average guy, sorta. Well, not really. Uh, I'm a below average guy. And then think about your average person. Now imagine there's 100 people in the world, and each people, you know, represents a certain kind of dichotomy of the mind. So, like, if there's 100 people walking around, 10 of them are insane. Yeah. 
That's a huge number. So, and not to wave a flag or to get money for charity or any of that stuff. I just wanted to do a piece of art that represented something that I believed in and struggled with. And that's what it was. It, it came out as a, as a short film um, about a man and a man's daily struggle. And I also put a friend in there and a woman, um, which on the editing process, I might, um, I might expound on the group of friends a yep. little bit and write some notes in. But already the entire movie is already made in my head. I know the lights. I know the shots. I know exactly what I want to convey. It's just uh, spending the money and making it happen. <clears throat> I could probably do it in 48 hours. Um, if I shot it at five hour increments, yeah, in the evenings, and I want all I want it to all be at night, but the days to be simulated, meaning I um, <clears throat> I uh, have the rooms backlit through the windows with the blinds down, yeah. Um, so it's going to add a, a really strange cast because it's not natural sunlight. And your brain knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not overhead lighting. I'm not doing any of that. It's all going to be natural lighting, like it's in this room. This is a dark room. Yeah. But this is what natural light looks like. A natural, well, artificial light. Artificial natural light. Artificial natural <laughs> light in a natural environment is what I mean. So I already have all that in my head because when I was writing it, I was thinking it as I was writing it. And then I realized I was writing too long, which I tend to do. And it just got bigger and bigger. And so I just kept, when I edited it the first time, second draft, first edit, um, I threw all of it out. And it ended up with 15 pages, little dialogue. Yeah. Everything's done by acting and mood. Everything. Yeah. Um, so um, to be able to film a, a blue tinted room with a guy on a couch smoking a cigarette and really not focus on the man, but focus on his hand and the smoke from about 12 foot away, like a 50 die, like a, yeah. like a, a, a lens effect that adds it uh, around it on the corners. Not a fish eye, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then have the whole movie shot like that with just line scenes and sequence. Um, editing yeah, will be. I did notice there wasn't. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. I'm a di- I'm a big dialogue writer. I read a lot of dialogue when I um, write. I, I started out to do so, but what I wanted to do was instead of having an internal monologue for the character Batman esque, which I would do, or write uber dialogue monologue style, or like Dune, like, like a Kevin like, Smith, um, like that, like Dune esque. That's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. But it's a whispered internal monologue. But instead of doing a whispered internal monologue, the dialogue that happens is out loud, real environment dialogue with other people or himself talking in the mirror, i.e. talking to a friend. All of the dialogue and all the feeling is going to be um, kind of examined and, and, and produced with environment. Um, like a noir but yeah. not black and white. Like when somebody's sitting there downcast, staring at a cup of coffee with a cigarette floating around in it, you can, you can pull regret or melancholy or any of that stuff out from that. Yeah. And kind of, and it's a short film. So I have a little time to say everything, what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no pull. No, it's no taffy pulling. You I have get in, get out. I have no soundtrack. Not on purpose. I never wrote one. <laughs> and on top of that, I don't even know yeah, how to well, get because it's not like you can get you know it's not like you can license music. That's yeah, right. You know, I don't have the budget for that. True, so independent I, guerrilla <clears throat> filmmaking. So I can I can do that to where I can literally, if I need to, I can get on and palm mute several chords and just and just do a little chug on something and slow it down and, and fade which it. Out. I had mentioned I would you know like I 
I hope when we finally get get around to you making this that I'm involved in some level. For sure. It's just um, um it's but, just going at you but sitting I could sit down in like a simple project like GarageBand and crank out some eerie Doesn't really have to be eerie. What I was thinking it was normal. I'm not ab- I'm not above Muzak either. Which has to be free at some level, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, just just elevator music. Because you can get uh, it adds you get audio journal and get copyright free music it, for fifteen bucks a song. It adds to the steel box of the mind, is what I'm writing. Yeah. So picture yourself in the elevator with that music. Nowadays, they play songs that you know, which signifies your age. Yeah. Like you, you recognize that they're playing, bing, 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 and music or whatever. Yeah. It's just something strange. You think, huh? I'm gonna die. It's a very, it's a, it's a very bright light on mortality based on a, a horribly, a, a horribly like forced upon you music, which is I'm not talking bad about music. Those guys do that, you know, right? That's awesome. Uh, how would you like to meet one of those guys? Yeah, you know, plays modern songs to me. But anyway, I, I digress in rabbit hole. But um, the story is supposed to be it was supposed to be kind of locomotive forward by the environment and the scenes that you see. So if I have something in the background that's disturbing, I have the midground being the space between you and said entity or situation. Yeah. And then I have you acting completely normal. You're reading the paper. Right? With all these insane things. Now what you in don't see, yeah, what you don't not insane things, but just things that are ominous. Things that are threatening. Things, things are that are outside outside of, of what a normal situation would be. Well, as that's happening, I uh, off screen or off camera, we light the paper on fire. Obviously, real fire, not simulated fire. Yeah. And then have a person sit there and deal with that fire. How long can you hold the paper before it's now a threat? But you have to act. And then, as you as you choose your time, a natural time, you fold the paper. And you just sit it down. Now, off camera, there'll be a bucket with water. Yeah. And you'll just... And drop it. And you get up and go to the kitchen for a glass of water. But all the strange things around you have to be ignored. That's the premise of the movie. And you ignore them. And you ignore them. And you ignore them. Until until you you can't can't ignore ignore them anymore. anymore. Yeah. And then in in a normal kind of a mental scenario, you either snap or succumb. You know, you could, uh, you know, act uh, verbally violently. You could say stuff you don't mean, you know, in a, in a, in, and I've been doing it my whole life, you know. Um, and, and then you go and then you realize what it is. And then at that point, oh, my main character can either, I haven't really decided yet. It's written a certain way. Yeah. Which is a succumbing or a realization of inevitability, which is basically... Life is pointless. Yeah, because if I remember death correctly, death is inevitable. You know, if I remember correctly, the end of the the end of the movie, the ending you have written, yeah, is is, uh, uh, is, is pretty poignant. Oh, uh, I think it's not so much uh, meaning, or I'm not giving away any spoilers here. It's not necessarily meaning, but it's a succumbing, if you will. It's the end or the beginning, depending yeah. on how far you want to look at it. Uh, leaving it open for me to to you to interpret. How you want it to end? What is it? Is it a snapping? Is it a succumbing? Um, what is it? So it just—I guess it just depends on how far you're willing to go mentally with a think piece that lasts. I mean, after the hours it's going to take to film it, we're looking at maybe 
anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes, yeah. depending on how long the credits are. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, so I'm going to do it visa. I'm going to do the credits beforehand. Because yeah. you'll never watch it to the end yeah. to see the credits. Like, to see that the best boy was Fuzzy Skinner. Exactly. The best boy they could find was Fuzzy Skinner. <laughs> but um, that's a reach, too. That's a, that's a throwback. But and that, that was uh, kind of the premise of it. I find it, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, I find it unendingly interesting. Only because there's so many different ways to go with it. It's still so open-ended. I could take that story. I could make it a series. Yeah. I could go anywhere with it. And I could get darker and darker or lighter and lighter or I could switch and do it like the ABCs of death kind of scenario but not horror movies but the next film in the series is just another story because that that one little story is just a small piece of what happened in a series of days yeah so um, and just keep adding on adding on to it just uh, and and trying to figure out a way great thing about the uh, world we live in today do something like that on YouTube and have a YouTube channel where every month you put up a you know a new that 20, would be a full time minute. thing because it's so hard. Yeah. But I, what I have to do is I have to sit down and write it. Gives myself two weeks to write the the piece and then two weeks to organize and film it and then uh well not two weeks it gives me two weeks to write it. Conceptually, it gives me one week, to, one week to write it, two weeks to film it, a week to edit it, and then a week to re-edit it and look at it and then put it out, which yeah. would be an insane undertaking. Yeah, especially um, with day jobs. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's all night. That's the yeah. whole point. The whole point is to know that the, the people who are making it are doing it at night. It's going to be obvious to anybody who watches movies. That it's at night. Even the day is simulated. If I had to put a Q-beam outside and then filter it with a bed sheet, and then when you open the door... It looks like sunlight. Totally do it. I've already researched it. I've already thought about it. I've already actually, you were there with me one time where I set up weird lights and did weird stuff to look. I've done that by myself, which is even creepier because you get really (laughs) into it when you're by yourself. What does one candle look like in a dark room? Well, it depends. Is it a naked candle? Is it a candle surrounded by glass in a jar? Everything is different. And if you know these things, you know what candlelight looks in a room. The cool thing is, is all the candlelight you've ever seen in a room has been you being able to see a bunch of candles. It sets a certain mood when you see that. It's either a satanic ritual or sexy time. <laughs> Simple as that. Are there rose petals? Never a sexy no. satanic ritual. Not yet. <laughs> but soon. So if there's rose petals, you know what it is. If there's a goat skull and an altar and a dagger, you know what's up already. Then that's it's the, sexy time. That's the visual <laughs> foreshadowing of writing for a visual medium. Yeah. Which I'm totally into. But anyway. If I take, if this room is dark and I take all the candlelight and put it above us, it casts a crazy downward shadow because all the light's on the roof. Yeah. If I put all the candles on the floor and you never see the candle, there's firelight coming from all around us. From anywhere, yeah. From all around us. You have to assume it's candle. Your brain knows what it is, but in any, any medium, especially the visual medium, you suspend your disbelief for a movie. And you see it, and you know there's candles all around us. You can picture it in your mind, but what you're seeing is the effect of what I intended. Yeah. And that's where directing and writing comes becomes freaking amazing, and that's what I like to get in, because I have my own style that I've made up Yeah. by sitting in the dark and playing with my lighter <laughs> or, whatever, <you> know, <laughs> or whatever. It's just it's getting the motivation to do it. And I thought about sitting in the dark and playing with my lighter. And I thought about going in to go fund me and doing that and doing that, but what I didn't, what I didn't want was the crushing defeat. 
of wanting, well, I need $70 for some fabric for this and this and sitting down and writing an itemized list of what I need, coming up with a number and then putting it on there and then failing. I'm just going to do it for free. Yeah. And if I got to go buy a piece of fabric, and this is the best time, really. I know it's sad, but during the Halloween season, there's a bunch of weird shit for yeah. sale. And I'm not talking about chains and bones. Yeah. I'm talking about more suits and all the stuff you can get all year round on the Internet anyway. Thank God for 2018. It's foul year of our Lord. So, you know, uh, I, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to order stuff. And once I ha- and once. I have thousands of caches like this, and only a few of us know them all. And when I have enough, I'm going to change, change the, the face, face of Arrakis. <laughs> Outstanding work. Thank you, gentleman and scholar. But, uh, yeah, well, gentleman. Yeah, definitely not a scholar. No. Not a gentleman either. No. Thanks, bathroom attendant Jafar. <laughs> Tiny. Bathroom attendant Jafar. I'm sorry. Coming to stores soon. Bathroom attendant Jafar. It's a short film. It's a think piece about a struggling Jafar <laughs> and the harsh face to start. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's the premise of that movie. Oh, we also have Pig Lord, which is supposed to be hilarious. But instead of going off the deep end with all that nonsense, well, that's I think one maybe of the, focus. It's one of those wonderful Pig Lord's one of those wonderful things that once again we talk about, but we never write. I've got two pages, and it's all description. It's like, in a land far away, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. as, you, as you talk about that stuff. And what I did is I stopped, and it started outline style, doing like, okay, this is the, uh, the uh, was it, the, the, uh, the Corallicus. It's a corral, you know, and write, and write about it. And I'm writing it in my mind like um, the thing where you fight lions, the, not the stadium, but the... Uh, the, the Pantheon, Coliseum. the Coliseum, but it's just a corral and have it stuff like that. And I'm thinking whimsy, you know, like, like a sheep with freaking like a helmet on or whatever, you know, just <laughs> in your mind as you write and then picture that guy's voice and or that character's voice. And, and it's really hard to switch gears from that. But I found that if you switch gears, like from something that's kind of like <laughs> to something dark and exercise that part of your brain yeah. to write stuff. Um, I still got pages on Evernight that we've been trying to yeah. freaking talk about for a thousand In years. Fact, yeah, I wrote the first. I wrote the first issue. Can't find an artist. And yeah, couldn't find an artist. I wrote the first issue, started writing the second issue, and then I realized that the first issue is really only just a couple of pages. Yes. <laughs> so, well, here's. So I need to. And here's I, start, the key. I pulled it back out the other day and started, you know, writing on if it. If you're on a one twenty-page comic. If you want to write a 20-page comic, which is a little bit, a three-panel comic. What are they now? They're 16 pages? Write 100 pages. Yeah. Write 100 pages and then go back and edit it and take all the shit you shouldn't have put in there in the first place out and change and juxtaposition your scenes. And if you you title them scene one and scene or block one or whatever you want or panel, what you can do is you can point, click, and edit and just click, cut, and paste and just rearrange the stuff and retitle. If you you know if you want to do well, it that what way, what I've learned uh, listening kind of to a the lot of comic artist podcasts is that the artists don't want you to do that. You give them, give them your dialogue, give them what the scene is, and let them run with it. I just don't want to pay a guy five hundred dollars a panel. Me neither. Well, um, I go a hundred dollars a page. Well, considering we have. 
four pages of a comic, five pages maybe of a comic book. I'm talking about like that, like you keep drawing, I'll give you a hundred bucks a month, and in a year we'll have a comic, <laughs> a single issue. Yeah, but see, that's where you start. And I was like, hey, how are we going to shop this? I don't know. Internet, the internet didn't shop work. It. You know I mean? exactly. Self-publish it. I don't even want to get into it. There's, I already talked about the self-publishing thing. Well, there's only one major. There's only one major comic distributor left in the world, and that's Diamond. Well, in North America, and that's Diamond. So, yeah, if there's only one major distributor, I guess the competition's really, really light. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I snorted on the mic again. No, I mean you. You know, we riddle. You know, I'm talking about self-publishing. We take it. We take it. Once we have it, you know, drawn, edited, done the way we wanted it, inked, colored, etc. Jesus. We take it, and we see how much it's going to cost we read to, do it, a, to do a thousand we, of them. And we put it back on the shelf yeah. with all my other shit that and I read. We take it, and we, and we see how much it's going to cost to do like a thousand of them. <clears throat> okay, it costs this much. All right, we need this much. When we get to that much, we do a thousand of them, and then we try to distribute ourselves. Since we're talking about it. Um, I was thinking about I mean, Evernight. In, a, in the internet world, it's a world of self-distribution. Right. I was thinking about Evernight and what we should do instead of doing you know, 400,000 words, um, which is like the Stormlight Archive, the Way of Kings. Yeah. Like at 400,000 words, what we do, and instead of writing that many and then breaking it up into series and finding a good editing start and stop point, what we do is we make it a series, a series books like novellas or novels, you know, because I can bang out 20,000 and then you make it a chapter book and then write that and then shop the self-publish and shop that. And th- those smaller books are, are easier and they're more financially yeah. feasible. And then go up and then, you know, have a starting spot and then end on a thing and yeah. then like to be continued kind of scenario. Well, the joys of doing something like that is we could finally co-write something where I'm great at dialogue, you're great at scene description. We do it I'm great at it all, man. Well, I mean, yeah, you are, but I mean, I'm great at writing dialogue. I'm Not great at shit writing either. Like, like I'm just that's that's like my. I don't have many talents, at all, but I can write. It's like that uh, that writing exercise I did. I wrote, you know, that that conversation of the band at the table in Waffle House. Yeah, it's genius, and I was able to capture everybody. If you write something every day, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. A memory feeling a funny story or whatever if you just, I mean not even a story like 40 I'm not talking about pages I'm just talking about write a little bit if you write every day like I did for years um, and I have the the garbage back there to prove it yeah. I got books and books of me writing almost journal style not dear diary but just stuff and I also drew, I wanted to make myself better at drawing because years ago I thought I was going to draw my own comic so I draw a picture every day and I ended up kind of getting better, and then I just quit it all because yeah. I mean, like, once you get to a certain point, it's fruitless. I was like, "What am I going to do anything with and this?" And that's when I was writing every night. That's what I was doing. I was writing every day. Every day, I'd I'd pull out the iPad and I'd just start writing. And the next thing I know, I'm sending you a you know a copy of Evernight. Or, you know, I'll, see, I'll send you those, you know, those little snippets of dialogue that I was writing, you know, just as something hilarious about the band. Or, the sad thing and the infeasible thing about it, buddy, is, is like to do it is like every day we could. I'm talking about every day of the week. We'd have to hang out for an hour or two every day. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. Unless what happens is we get a good kernel of an idea. I sit on the computer. I write a bunch of crap and then I save it in a file and send it to me. No, and no, it just sits there. That's where no. all my stuff is doing right now. 
it's just there. So well, I mean, that's why I loved writing. When I was writing, I was writing all the time. I'd write, and as soon as I was done with it, I'd send it to you. Well, it's hard for me to do that only because what I end up doing is when I write, okay, when I write, most of the time when I write, it's after this is over, or not this, but you know, after we're, and Christian's asleep, and Paige is asleep, and I'm sitting in here by myself. And I sit there and I write, and I'll, I'll, I'll even test page, like untitled one, mm-hmm. and just, just get, the, like, get the garbage out. And then I'll go and look through my list of stuff that I have written. And then I'll click back on it and I'll start reading it. And kind of get my head back in that space. And if it's short enough, I'll read the whole, the whole composition or whatever it is. Yeah. And then I'll get back on it. Or, you know, like, uh, what is it? Operational failure, I'm writing in circles. I'm literally writing in circles. They go in strange places, but they're basically just a, like the Audi symbol. But mm. forever, it's just <laughs> that's that's all it is, dude. Um, and I'm proud of it, and I hate it. But uh, as far as writing movies and like having to go back over 88 hours, and what I should do is go through and write more to it, and then write in pen on the left and right margins, scene stuff and liner notes and all that yeah. stuff, and then go copy that, and then have it because I like the thought of having the holding the a physical copy liner yeah. notes in there. Instead of sending it to you, because I just I just don't like it. Um, I've tried. We tried going back and forth, and we got something accomplished, but it's just so uncohesive. Because what we end up doing, instead of being in the same room on the same page, we're literally and physically on different pages with different headspace. And then we try to bring that together and edit that together. We'd have to hire an editor. We really would. Like third party person, figure that out. This is on a cocktail napkin. Don't read this napkin. <laughs> you know that kind of, that kind of stuff because we're both train wrecks. We're just different areas of the train. Yeah. So I mean, just uh, I, we can do it. It's just the commitment. I can commit to writing. I've never had a problem doing it. It's the committing. I always feel more comfortable with another person knowing that there's somebody else in my corner, like Mickey or, you know, whatever. As long as somebody's there, I feel like I can accomplish more than I could just by myself because by myself it's a dark room and everything else is on fire. And I've been making that freaking analogy for years and realized it was a psychosis, you know? I thought I was being an artist. No, no, it turns out I'm just wackadoo. (laughs) Yeah, I have. Was that lotion on that napkin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I cleaned off the nozzle just this morning. Forgot to throw that away. Let me get that away from your plate. <laughs> but yuck. <laughs> oh boy, ever. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Uh, got an idea? Don't do it. It fits. Okay. <laughs> it fits. <laughs> just bloop. Stuck in there. It's like the like the Lego character during Young. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Everything is awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Everything is awesome. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, and anyway, I don't know. That was one of my my soirees. It's not a it's not a long film. I mean, it's pretty interesting. But there's several several things on my pewter that are that are that are like that. It's just uh, some of them are just like I don't know. If you walk through a junkyard, you see interesting shit, but it's all garbage. <laughs> so it's just that's just the way I kind of I think about my my well, six, the, some of know, my. But six the stuff. difference is 
like between us and people that are out there doing it is they all think that. But they're about, actually about their stuff. Actually doing it. But it's actually they're actually getting it out there. And that's I mean that was a big you know the big uh, big thing about doing this podcast yeah it's just for us but we're oh yeah yeah out there. yeah for sure and oh. we got to get you know we we want eighty eight hours to work and we want you know every night to work and uh, the pig lord to work we got to get it out there yeah you're right sorry I fell into some fucking liner note hell for a second I was thinking about uh, I had this scene in the movie where I'm trying to record through a reflection. Which is hard because the object that you're recording from yeah. is in the reflection. So I was like, I got it. Multiple mirrors. No, it's still a reflection. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Now, um, I'm just, now there's just more of me. <laughs> more cameras. But uh, thinking about how innocuous freaking uh, like recording on a phone is. Because you can put a phone anywhere. Anywhere. And you can, you can hide it. It's a very hidden camera. But I want it stable. I don't want any of that found footage shaky shit, which is hard with a phone unless you set it up. And, they, you know... Dude, they got the... They got uh, the tripods with the things. Well, on. they've got the... Uh, I forget what they're called. They got them at Walmart now. I saw them. They're still expensive as all good out. They're like 70 bucks, but it's the... You put your phone in it, but you can hold it, and no matter how you move that it, your phone stays thing. stable. Yeah. The stabilizer's um, cool. I, I want to use something like that, but I gotta, I got to really watch the wobble. That's that's something that really bugs me when I'm watching because I just Steadicam is 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 the way to go for me because I like straight barrel rifled shots where it look you know like the camera doesn't move much. I mean I'm not f- above pans or any or it tilts or any of that stuff. What I'm talking about is like the camera's there and the scene is the action is happening. Not the action. Well yeah the action is happening in the scene. So whatever's in the scene. And I really liked it because I wrote it with that in mind. And I've told you about these scenarios several times where, like, me and you were sitting at this table talking. Mm-hmm. The camera's over on the adjacent wall, so say, uh, from us, cutting across this way. You can see both of us. We're sitting here talking. I'm gesticulating and all that stuff. But the back left corner of me, there's something there. Now, me, you're not looking at it. I'm not looking at it. Now, it might go from that side of the room to this side of the room. And not like a ghostly white sheet that looks like it's roller skating across. Yeah. So I'm not talking. Something obviously moving. Your brain knows something obviously moving. Well, that's a just that's just a dude in a suit. Maybe. Maybe. Is it? That's that's enough. That's okay. enough for me. And like I said. But no one pays attention. No one pays attention. The whole point is to ignore it because most people do anyway. And when I thought I had like magical gifts, when I thought I was seeing spirits and feeling crystal healings and all that stuff, when I went through that time of my life, twice I went through that period of my yeah. life, um, when I realized, yeah, maybe, but it's also more than that. It's, it's, you are a complicated thing as a person. So you could be this, that, you could be seeing this, seeing that. Also, it could be psychosis. It could be all that mixed together. And there's no reason to not accept that. If you're going to accept... All the other stuff, you might as well accept this other facet of it too. So if all that creates you as a whole, like you might, this if I give you this rock, rock, uh, rock you put in your pocket, your cough might go away. Maybe, maybe. I'm not, I'm not the one that makes that call. <laughs> like, but I mean, I understand the power of belief and how just because you believe something positive and great and wonderful exists and it does works, and just because you believe something horrible and terrible. And all that stuff does. But what the reality of the situation is, is there is darkness 
inside you and outside of you. Yep. And you're forced to deal with it all the time, just as there's light. And you can put any tag you want on it, but if you, I want to shine a light on a negative connotation for a normal dude. Yeah. Just a normal guy. And, and have it get to a, a, mental f- f- a mental crossroads to where at some point you have to make a decision. You know, is this real? Is it not? Is it an angelic light that's shining upon you? Or are you just standing in the sunshine? Yeah. Make am the, I broken? Make, am I not? Make the choice. And when you make the choice, the choice makes you. And you, you kind of deal with your, with your consequences for good or ill. And, I mean, you can shake your wanger fucking hither and yawn all you want. But it, in the end, you're just shaking your dick in the dark. Yeah. You can add any fucking pretty picture you want to it. This one has a blue light. But you Play know. with it, pal. Don't talk to it. You don't know my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just depends, man. So, I mean, that's where I wanted to go with it. And ultimately, that's what I did. And... uh. There's still some work to do on it, but actually, to tell you the thing, I uh, tell you the truth, I think what's going to turn my crank like terminally is that what I want to do is not that I, I've got everybody's got the premise. You know what you say, you know what you say, you know what you do. I want to freaking write liner notes and change it and direct on the fly. Like, yeah. oh, I want to change and make that happen. That's the creative process. Maybe I miss my calling the entire time. You know, like maybe I could, if I can try to get on camera what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I saw. Well, granted, I'm not going to be good at all of it. Cause, yeah. Know, but, I mean, like, I wrote it low budget. I wrote it low key with the in mind of how I was going to be able to make it. And that was the full circle of it. So I was like, okay, I can put this light over here. What's more unnerving? Okay, well, how about this? I'll uh, put a flashlight on a monofilament on the bottom of the door. And leave it there. So when you open the door, it makes the flashlight roll. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I hit the mic. Sorry. It cha- it changes it changes the light in the room. That's granted. It's clunky and it's horrible. You know, it's gonna jerk. It's gonna be all stupid and flashy. Well, what if I tape the flashlight to the top of the door and it makes it searchlight? Holy shit! What if I get somebody outside? To have a flashlight and point it at the window and spin in circles really slow. It was a lighthouse effect. Yeah. That's wacky. And you start thinking like that. You start thinking about how you can light and how you can change the room inside of what you're thinking. And then what you do is like, hey, Josh, go outside and spin in a circle with this light really slow. And you sit in the house, you know, turn all the lights off. And you're like, whoa. I just made this house an island paradise. Yeah. With a flashlight on the outside. That's the, the, the focus. That's like what I was seeing. So, I mean, I think that's why, I mean, it'll be neat. It'll be neat to try to tackle that strangeness um, and then see what comes out of it, how it makes you feel. And if it doesn't, because we don't have a deadline or a producer, or like we're going to make the... Yeah, there's no time crunch. There's like, no time constraints. We have, we have literally every, every chance to change. Well, within within reason. But, I mean... You know, they, they, people make movies for years before they ever come out. I just want to make one for a couple of days. Yeah. So, and we'll see. I think it'll be neat. Just throw it out there and be like, I made this. You remember that freaking commercial? Yeah. I mean, that production company or whatever. It was when we were a kid. Not Deke. Yeah. Or Good Boy. Good Boy. 
Remember the dog? I can't remember. Yeah, sit, boo-boo. Sit, boo-boo, sit. Ruff. And it was just a still image. Yeah. Good dog. Same thing. And then would you, you know, have a beaver involved and blame yourself, and that, that'll be the end of it. I mean, who knows? Maybe something cool will happen from it, or maybe we could just maybe do we another could just one. Finally, say I think we my, made that. My greatest reward would be able to have that and have a couple people people be like on YouTube, be like, "That was sweet," and then do another one. Yeah. Would y'all like the same or something different? It doesn't matter what you say. I'm gonna do what I want, and then. Go ahead and continue that story if I feel like it. And if I don't feel like it, I've got, I've got um, plenty. A you know, hundred more. A hundred. Like the stars, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's full of stars. <laughs> that was not that at the beginning of the song. Sample that, metal community. Yeah. <laughs> Play that, rock stars. <laughs> I, those are the only ideas that I have. Who do what? Nothing. <laughs> the sweet sausage is sitting on the pillows of two egg. The pillows of two egg. Yeah. I love pillows of two egg. I know you do. <laughs> I tried to make a Japanese omelet. A Japanese omelet. The one that swell and you cut and they spill open. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How'd that go? Took longer than you thought. <laughs> there's a technique to that shit. Yeah. And there's 36 eggs to attribute to it. Goal. You don't make it all at once. I mean, that's how many tries it yeah, took. Yeah, that's how many tries it took. <laughs> yeah, that's how many tries it took. Did you finally nail it? I did. And then I did it on a, a bed instead of like rice or anything. I did it on uh, hash browns, sausage, and peppers. Nice. And, and it I, came out good. You cut it and it exploded. It's, 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 well, it spilt. It's kind of it, a melted. Uh, yeah, like yeah, it kind of just. Bleh, oh no, it was beautiful. Out. Beautiful. Way too much to eat. Like, if you get one of those, share it with a with a friend. There's no there's no eating that. <laughs> hey man, you want to split this exploding egg? Oh, uh, I figured out. Oh, I found your uh, your noodles that you were talking about in the bag of the miracle noodles. I checked that out. Uh, I checked that out at Walmart the other day, and I was like, eh, I want to go to a sassy store and look. So I did. Um, check that out. Um, I asked the uh, guy at the Saigon Noodles mm -hmm. place for the recipe for the pho. Really? Yes. Did he give it to you? He emailed it to me. Really? Yeah. Um, apparently, it's common knowledge. It's the technique that's hard. It's not the cooking. I figured it was that. It's not the ingredients. It's how they're put together. It's how it's put together. But it's, pretty, it's actually super simple. It's just getting the, the broth right. The broth is key. Anybody can take rice noodles and shrimps and stuff like that and make the forced meat meatballs and the basil and the bean sprouts and the you know, oyster sauce and sriracha and throw it in water and it makes, you know, you can do that. Um, it's, it's how you put it together and the broth is key. The broth is there's a fucking way it is. The I broth ate, is where it lives. I ate it, I ate it, I ate it today just on principle. <laughs> but I mean, uh, there's so many different variations of it because it's a soup. Fuck. There's a yeah. billion variations of soup. This is beef, whatever. This is beef stroganoff soup. You can make anything you can eat into soup, essentially. Yeah. So it's 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 the it's the it's the magical solution. It's just uh, <laughs> uh not the peanut butter solution. How's that for a reach, King Dick? 
I mean, Josh. King Nick. <laughs> you remember the peanut butter solution? I don't remember the peanut oh, butter solution. Oh, I hate solution. you for the rest of your life. Okay. When I was a lad, but of two, not really. When I was an older kid, uh, there was this book called The Peanut Butter Solution. All right. The premise for The Peanut Butter Solution, it was always so, also a movie. One of my favorite stories ever. Here we go. Break it down. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a boy, and he was walking home from school one day, and his friends were with him, and there was a haunted house, and they dared him to go inside, right? He goes inside. There's apparently ghosts, real live ghosts, and he screams, and it scares him so bad he goes into a coma. When he wakes up, he loses all of his hair. He goes completely bald. And he's traumatized, but, you know, life in general. So his sister decides, we'll put, nobody knows yet, they just think he passed out. We'll put some glue on your head, and we'll put a wig on your head that looks just like your hair before. And they do. Nobody's the wiser, right? Straight up. One day, he's playing soccer with his boys, and as he's running to kick the, field, the goal in, the kid reaches up and grabs his hair, and his hair comes off and makes that stretchy cheese glue, and uh -huh. it rips his hair off, and he's mortified. Everyone makes fun of him. They ripped his hair off, and he's running home. He stops by at this old gypsy shop or a curio shop, and this later this lady gives him a spell or recipe to help him grow his hair back called the peanut butter solution. Gets peanut butter, dead flies, cobwebs, all this stuff. Puts it in the blender, and they th his family thinks he's going to drink it, so they take it and they throw it away. He's like, I wasn't going to drink it. And he goes to bed bald upset. Anyway, later on... <laughs> He makes it again, and he puts it on his head. He puts, like, this peanut butter, wherever your hair would go, like, mm -hmm. peanut butter on his head. And he goes to sleep, and the next day, his hair is growing. And it's awesome. Growing his hair back. Don't stop growing. It grows down inside his pajamas, out his legs. It, his hair will not stop. This is a live-action movie from the 80s. 70s, probably. But anyway... It seemed to have an 80s vibe. Kind of a Gremlins feel, a warm kind yeah. of film. But anyway... You think that's the end of the movie. His hair won't stop growing. What is he going to do? Well, I don't remember the exact story, but this evil fucking painter. An evil painter. An evil painter. Who's like, he's got a factory that sells like print paintings. Mm -hmm. And they sell them all over the world. Kidnaps him. And he's got a bunch of other kids there he's kidnapped too to like make paintbrushes and sell those and box up the paintings and sell those and he's got this kid in this weird bed where his hair grows off and he cuts it and he makes because his hair is magical he makes paintbrushes out of his magical hair and paints mag like he dips it in this paint and it just paints a painting magically like the whole painting and not only are they magical but they're movie. so real I watch a or lot read of movies this book. dude anyway I've read a lot of he books can he can book. walk into the paintings and it's real the bad guy can and he paints, you know, some of, like, the kid, uh, Charlie, let's call him, mm -hmm. some of the kid's memories, some of his own memories. He can, like, paint a thing of a, a horse or a unicorn riding over a hill, and he can just walk into the paintings and be there. Anyway, he has this metal ring he puts on his hand with monofilament that spreads out across the ring room that he sleeps in the main room with this thing on his hand. So when the kids try to sneak out, and they hit that wire, and he'll wake up, and he'll get them. Well, the, the kid, the original ball-headed kid, who's got now a bunch of hair, uh, puts a sheet on a string, and he's walking, and that string will hit that wire, and they're trying to sneak out of the warehouse. He's got them kept in. I don't remember the end of the movie. That's just the premise of the movie. Jesus. It's a good one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, too. 
Yeah, I'm glad you didn't tell me the end because now I've got to find out. <laughs> You'll find it. Mio in the Land of Faraway. Uh, I remember that one. Another fantastic movie. But I mean, uh, Christian Bale's first movie, I yeah. think. I think it was a Dutch film now that I think about it. Is it Dutch? Is it Dutch? Is it Dutch? They're from Holland. Isn't oh, that weird? Isn't that weird? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> man, I don't know. Gum drops, man. Gummy bears. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> oh, you gummy bear. <laughs> gummy bears. We uh we went on we fell down a rabbit hole the other night remembering eighties cartoons. And go on YouTube and find all the intros for old eighties cartoons. Mask. Mask was one of them. I was like, when it showed one of them, I was like, oh, Mask, I love Mask. Da, 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 da. The song was the one me. that drove me crazy that I could not remember the name of. And we had to, like, we we sent feelers out, you know, mm. to friends. And I believe my uh, my girlfriend uh, texted her sister and she remembered. It was Super Ted. I remember Super Ted. You remember Ted. Super Ted? I used to watch it on VHS when I was a kid. A little guy, a little uh, alien came down and brought this teddy bear to life, and now he's a superhero. Yeah, and I remember when the kid would have treat him as a teddy bear all day. Yeah. And then when the kid go to sleep, the teddy bear would wake up, and he'd go up to the attic, and he'd put on his Super Ted outfit, and he'd fly out the attic window and yeah. go fight the teddy bear crimes or whatever. Yeah. And a little polka dotted alien guy. I do remember Super yeah. Ted. Actually, my mom and my sister used to make fun of me about it when I'd ask for the VHS, and they would say "Super Stupid Ted" and I'd cry. When I was a little you wanted kid. to watch Super Ted. Yeah, when I was a little—I mean, I was a little kid. Yeah. And I used to like watch Super Ted. And I, I could not, for the life of me, because I loved that cartoon. Could not, for the life of me, remember the name of it because it'd been so many years. It's one of those ones that that isn't in syndication. I can't remember. They this, don't, there know, was a muscly dude. And a woman, they were like back in the prehistoric era, they had bloop and blip, were two like amorphous forms. That was. And then uh, they had like a, a triceratops that shot rocks out of his horn, or, or, or not a triceratops, some weird dinosaur. Yeah, it show, yeah, it show rocks out of it, yeah. Uh, we, so we ran across that one too. I can't remember the name of that one right now. I used to love that show. Yeah. How about Rock Lords? Rock Lords. Do I remember that one? There's rocks that turn into people. It was before gargoyles. It was literally like rocks, like I'm a boulder, and I turn into a rock. Ah, do you remember that? It was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Yeah, we went on a t- just a tear, man, looking, looking at all those old 80s cartoons that, that were fantastic. What was it? What, what got us started was, what was it? The USA cartoon train or whatever it was. I don't remember. And it was like, oh, my God. We went through the whole list. Like, let's watch all these awesome. That's a, a 80s cartoons. Yeah, though. old 80s That's cartoons. That's way different than, like, Saturday morning cartoons. 80s cartoons. But I remember those. I mean, shit, I'm trying to remember. You got you got me fucking stuck now, dude. It was old. Voltron, Thundercats. Yeah, that don't count. Because I was a Voltron He-Man kid. And I was a Voltron Thundercats kid. Thundercats came on afterwards, and I remember. And I wasn't a big fan of He Man. I like GI Joe. I do like I did like GI Joe. I like GI Joe. Joe. Um, what the? I'll never remember what those cartoons were. I just like when you said it. I had like a like a whole Manila folder just went (laughs) through my head. I was like, (gasps) I dropped the folder in the sewer. (laughs) I'll go get it. Bill Clinton, Bill Cosby, and it's down here. Yeah, Just about, the clown. Oh, uh, we talked about Animaniacs. 
mm. uh, was one I remember that I loved a lot. I love Tiny Toons a lot. They were fun. They were hilarious. I remember them being funny. I'm just trying to remember like what I grew up with, what I watched. I grew up watching like Daffy Duck and stuff like that. But as I got older, uh, I don't remember watching Ninja Turtles a lot, but I know I watched it. I did, yeah. I definitely did. I remember watching Ninja Turtles, but I'm trying to... Uh, I watched a lot of the TGIF shit with, like, Step by Step, but I was older, <laughs> yeah. and Family Matters and shit like that. But yeah. I'm trying to... Eddie, 80s cartoons, I'm trying to remember, man. Gummy Bears was one of them. Yeah, that was one that was that was one that played... Uh, she was going through the little playlist, and it was like, Gummy Bears. And I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, this song's going to be stuck in my head for hours now. David the Gnome... David the Gnome, Nickelodeon cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Do you remember terrible. one of my favorite shows? <laughs> I hated that. One cartoon. of my favorite shows was Pinwheel. Do you remember Pinwheel, fucking Pinwheel spinning around? Man. Yeah. I used to fucking rock that shit. That's my next shirt. I'm the getting pin, the, pin, the, the pinwheel. pinwheel. I made out of clay, sandmation yeah. or whatever. I liked that one and the one that came on after it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was the the one with the mannequin in the department store. The mannequin in the department store. The mannequin in the department store, curly hair and a funny hat. And like the store would close and he would come to life. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Fraggle Rock. We didn't land on Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock landed <laughs> on us. Yes. Down in Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. And that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm done for real. Turn it off. <laughs> Turn the lights off. Turn them off. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> Let me give you what you've been waiting for. Yes, indeed. Love and kisses. Check us out on the internets. And give them the info, net- man. The info Facebook dot com slash from the K to the S. If you want to listen to us, check us out on iTunes. From the kitchen table to the streets, and Facebook dot com. Slash from the K to the S SoundCloud Slash To the streets And on that note We cue the music Lighten yourself A Blame Yourself production If you don't like what you hear Blame yourself.